Hi everyone, welcome back to a very special episode of Three Brown Jotos. This is Alejandro. This is Joaquin. And we're missing Charlie because he's in school doing the damn thing. So um, he says hello sure. though. Yeah, he, 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 does said, say hello. he said hello he this morning. He made sure to text us this morning and Definitely. to tell y'all that he is here. She but had to leave her fingerprints but somewhere. Yeah. So anyway, this is the Three Brown Jotos, and today's a very special episode. Um, we are talking about national Latino, Latine, Latinx HIV AIDS Awareness Day. Um, which is today, as a matter of fact, October 15th. And so we brought in two super special guests. Um, and obviously we can't have a discussion around, you know, the topic without having various guests. And so today's guests are super special. Um, they are both living out loud, living positively, HIV positive, And I want them to introduce themselves a little bit and then we'll get into our segment today. So um, if one of you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves, welcome today. Um, you just outed me. <laughs> I mean, to be very transparent, you've outed yourself plenty of times. And so, again, this is... A, this is a, you just told my story for lies. me. Lies! Yeah. I didn't tell the story. But, like, I just... I wanted to start off with that so that we wouldn't have to yeah. kind of backtrack. And so... Of course, of course. Um, yeah. Hi, everyone. Thank you to the two Brown Hotos today for having us. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Carlos Moreno. I am 31 years old from Tucson, Arizona living here in Los Angeles for the past six years and have been living with HIV for the past, uh, this year will be 12 years, I think, yeah. Welcome. Thank you. And uh, hi, my name is Eric Velasco, also known as the Homo Homie. I am 38 years old, I'm single, I'm a Leo, I'm available, <laughs> <laughs> putting it out there. But I've also been living with HIV for the past 15 years and, uh, you know, healthy and undetected. Thank you for both being here. Thank you for sharing a piece of your life today. Um, and with that started, Joaquin. Yeah, hi everyone. Yeah, and, and thank you once again, both of us, uh, for joining you and uh, for joining you. No, no, sorry. I just got a throw. I uh, got a little thrown off, and I want to address like that interaction that started in the beginning, right? About like whole outing people's stories and stuff. I was, I was joking. Yeah, no, no, no. But I think it's it's. I think that in the conversation, like it, it is important to talk about that and like to talk about that some people go through that stuff and it's not okay and it's not okay for other people to tell your story. And this is really the why we're having this. Conversation, right? So we can address those things that we talk about, and you know, you know, like you know how our comunidad is. Like we we laugh to keep from crying, right? Like sure. it's so easy for us to joke around and stuff. But I also wanted to like take that moment and and highlight the importance of like what it means to like you to be able to share your story. That it is violent for other people to tell your story, yeah. and that you know we have to recognize that. So so yeah. So I just I, I wanted to kind of just talk and start off with that. But, you know, kind of just to get into the conversation and really get into it, um, uh, what has been your experiences um, with, like, you know, well, before I even go into experience, what does NLAT mean to you, right? The theme of NLAT this year is taking action. So what does that mean as a person that uh, is living with HIV? Um, so I guess NLAT for me, uh, National Latino, Latinx, Latine, uh, HIV AIDS Awareness Day, for me, it just kind of takes me back as um, a person who falls into that umbrella community. I'm a first-generation Mexican-American. My mom's from Chihuahua. My dad's from Tucson, Arizona. Um, and so just it just encompasses the way that our, my, what my background and my heritage is and the way that I grew up. 
um, which may be, uh, you know, kind of quote unquote stereotypical, um, but, you know, maybe has a little bit of influence from religion, has influence from um, cultural norms, has influence from, uh, you know, machismo, has influence from uh, homophobia. So all of those things that kind of encompass you know, um, Latino culture, Latinx culture, uh, that's, that's how it ties in for, for me and, and what uh, being a queer person, a queer Latinx person living with HIV, um, how it, how, I don't know how it all comes together, I guess. Okay. You know, because you could have, you could have, you could be very heavily influenced by religion where it's, where mm-hmm. it's a sin to be gay and you're going to be uh, condemned for being gay and and your consequence is this disease and you know all of those those things that that we're sort of taught and ingrained with um when when we're younger um and then you know you kind of grow up and you learn to embrace yourself in different ways and you know you 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 dismiss all of those things um that you don't believe in anymore um and then and then that's just when you're growing older and then so now in my age now it's so early still um in, in, <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to scramble my brain but no in in what it means to me now uh, as a 31 year old person is that um as and also as a person who who delivers services for people in the community as well it um it uh means how are we speaking to these communities about the issues that are going on in the latinx community um about hiv about living with hiv about prevention about service delivery about money um and uh, about representation and uh changing and shifting the way that families think about me or us Damn, Carlos, he hit it right on the head. <laughs> he got everything in there. But um, for myself, you know, I, I'm I'm somebody who came out with their status, and I mean, I've I've been out with my status for the past fifteen years, you know, but like fully um, publicly with it. I'm still learning about the new the new things that are going on, the days mm. like inlad. This okay. is all new to me, and you know, but I'm actually really thankful that I I'm continuing to educate myself on all this stuff. And the fact that, you know, um, the conversation's already starting to take place and it's starting to happen within our communities. And like Carlos, myself, I'm also first generation Mexican-American, you know, parents from Jalisco and my, my mom from the F So, you know, it's, it's great to know that we are changing stigmas and we're, we're making an effort and telling our stories and putting it out to the community so people can relate and not be afraid anymore. That's great. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, a lot of the times, you know, we talk about so much about like disclosure and sharing your story and yeah. sharing your experience, you know, and, and I could go both ways. Right. It could be a very liberating, very empowering um, uh, moment, but it could also be very re-traumatizing. Right. So, you know, I kind of wanted to pose a question to you all about like, what has worked for you when you talk about your HIV status, you know, with folk, whether it's like a partner, whether it's family, friends, a stranger, right? Coworkers. Those coworkers, like those things happen, right? Like what what has what has worked for you? Because I think a lot of times people want to hear that too. Because they're like, how how do I do this? Like how does it happen? Like what's the script to to kind of go that? So whoever wants to 
take that first? Well, really, there's no script. I mean, everything just happens naturally. When you're engaging in a good conversation or you're talking to somebody, for me, <clears throat> I love talking to people. So it's just it just comes out naturally. You mm -hmm. know, it's like purses. It's just bolsa, bolsa, bolsa yeah. coming out of my mouth. <laughs> and <clears throat> I always have a great um, interaction with people. Like we all, we all, how do I, I, we have good energy. I have good energy in my conversation. And I'm not afraid to disclose my status, you know, and if it comes down with talking to somebody when I'm dating, I lay it all on the table, you know, right there and then. So that way I don't have to worry about like telling them later and then getting hurt and, and saving all that anguish, you know. Uh, if it's with friends, you know, I'll tell them later down the line when they're getting to know me or they're trying to hook me up with somebody. You know how everybody has that gay friend. Yeah. Oh, let me hook you up with so and so. I know this guy that would be really? so good for you. Yes. <laughs> um, well, to be honest, you know, um, ask them if they're comfortable with dating somebody who's HIV. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, you're HIV positive. I'm like, yes, I've been HIV positive. I'm healthy. I'm on my medications. I'm undetected. And I go through the whole rundown with that person. And they're like, oh my God, I didn't know that. So for me, you know, I'm also a big advocate with um, uniting the hetero community with the gay community teaching them and educating them not only on the queer spectrum but also with the health issues that are going on as well and you know HIV is non it doesn't discriminate yeah so of course. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it can happen to anybody and the fact that I'm able to have those conversations and inform people about like the new advancement in medications like PrEP you know and, and also the fact that I'm taking my medications and now I'm undetected it, it, it's great to to be in this time now and know that it wasn't what it was back in the 1980s like 40 yeah. years ago yeah. so now I can't pass it on to yeah, anyone yeah, yeah. Great, for the great. most part thank you thank you for sharing that Eric Carlos any thoughts on that uh, disclosure has always been sort of a difficult topic um, I was c c closeted I guess about my status for about six years before I came out to anyone family friends colleagues community um, and then when I finally did come out uh, publicly, it, it I still never found that there was, this is the way to do it every single time. Okay. I feel like every time I've come out, it's been a different experience every mm, single time. Okay, okay. Um, uh, but I also just like to remind folks, like, depending on how long that I've known them, like, say if I've, if I've had a friend for 10 years who didn't know about it, and be like, you've known me for this long, and I've been living with HIV for the entire time that I've known you, and you didn't even know, so me telling you, like, what's, there's no change in anything. Yeah. You've known me, like, this, you know, all this time, so there's not, there's not really a, a, a difference uh, from me telling you, or there shouldn't be, there shouldn't be a difference in how you view me, there shouldn't be a difference in, um, you know, any of our interactions or anything like that. Um, but now since I'm publicly out, I've been, I've been out since 2015, it's been easier to put on dating profiles. Um, it just sort of gets it out of the way so that I don't really have to tell anyone anymore. Um, and so that's been super, uh, helpful and it kind of helps screen away people that don't want to interact with me and it helps bring people who do want to interact with me, um, you know, closer, I guess. So, uh, yeah, in the beginning it was rough. It was super, super rough. I've had plenty of... Um, you know, we talked about in the beginning, I've been outed before, um, I've, you know, small town gossip, um, and uh, I've been rejected before, I've had people throw up after I told them, um, so, you know, it was difficult before, but uh, I've gotten past that, and I think that everyone is on their own journey, 
disclosure is a timeline um, that everyone just sort of they feel it out you know um, whenever the perfect moment comes for a person and another person whatever the timeline of their relationship it just feels the moment will feel right and if it doesn't feel right um, uh, it's almost like it will never feel right. Like you, if you're waiting for the right time, almost the right time is never really gonna happen. You just kind of gotta embrace, embrace it, and um, have a maybe maybe have a friend you can check in with before and after. Mm. You know, be like, hey, I'm gonna disclose to this guy today, um, and you know, you you tell them whatever, and then afterward be like, oh my god, girl, they went like this. Yeah. You know, so that you have support. So I actually wanna ask a question based on some of the things that you guys brought up in this with this question um how does trust come into play with disclosing because i know that like sometimes you know and, and carlos you just mentioned right now like there's never necessarily a right time and you know eric you were like i'm pretty much an open book so i like to just get it out on the table but is there a certain like level of trust that you feel like you have to have before because you mentioned like small town gossip you know it's one of those things where it's like oh girl did you know and it's like it, it, things like that are detrimental to anybody you know and so is there a certain level of trust you, that you feel that you have to have before you disclose to anyone whether it's partners fuck buddies <laughs> friends family and like is there a certain level of trust that you have to have there first? I think for me, just because I'm so easygoing, I don't have as much of those trust trust issues. I mean, I I trust everybody. I'm just a nice person at heart, you know. Like I, I shouldn't, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm really nice. I mean, I had it, you know, come back towards me where somebody is like. Um, hey, I heard you're HIV positive. Is that true? I'm like, yeah. Why? What's up? Oh no, some guy told me, and because I wanted to talk to you, and and um, he was just telling me like, oh yeah, um, he's he's HIV positive. You know, just just letting you know, giving you a heads up that he has the sauce. It's like it's like really like like okay, so you're gonna use my my story as ammo so that way you can get at the guy rather than myself. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, it's it's fucking sucks. Right and yeah. people are petty out there. People yeah. are petty, yeah. and they will use it. But you know what? The one thing that I'm really proud about is the fact that I'll own up to it. And I'll be like, yeah, I am. And I'm healthy and I know what's up. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, and I asked them right back, like, do you know about HIV? Do you know what's going on now? The advancements, everything that's happening. And for the most part, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And that's a perfect opportunity to educate. Yeah, that's what's up. Not the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I mean, I think we, we, we say these things, right? Like, there's so many, like, terms out there in community that are used either in a, ne a lot of times negative yeah. and derogatory way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's kind of a way of, like, in a, a weird way of, like, just kind of easing the conversation, right? Of putting a name on something else instead of calling it what it is, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important to talk about that those things can be impactful and hurtful to certain folk, and it could also be something different for people, you know? But but we do have to be conscious of the words that we use yeah. and the things that we say in the spaces and stuff, you know? Yeah, I like Sasson, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, trust... Um, in the beginning did have to be there because I before I, I before I told my friends like of course we would all be at the club and I was young I was like 19 so when we were at like the 18 and up club um, I would be with my friends and we would be you know scanning the room for cute guys and stuff and um, 
uh, someone would be like, oh, girl, like, I wouldn't touch him with two condoms. And so I was like, okay, now I know that um, I can't tell you what's going on in my life. And I'm kind of going to slowly phase you out of my friend circle. Yeah. So yeah. that that was um, something about trust that I had to think about. And then, just like Eric said, <clears throat> I've had instances where people, like, I, I was not even dating someone. I was just hanging out with this guy, and um, his sister-in-law, who worked at a call center, heard from a co-worker <laughs> that I had <laughs> HIV. <laughs> Damn! And so, Talking about hearing yeah. you great advice. <laughs> So called him and was like, be careful with this guy, he has HIV, and then, you know, he called me and asked me the same thing, and, and so, um, yeah, you, you, there, there was trust issues in the beginning, um, but now being out, it's, it's not that big of a deal, like, no one, um, since I've, I've come out about my story, no one's been able to take it from me, so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Basically, it's, what you've done is take ownership of it, right, is, mm-hmm. is is you've been fully transparent so now when people try to use it against you it's like yeah bitch this is common knowledge like, yeah come at me some other way and that's not even the way society works anymore now yeah. like you can't shame me but i can shame you for being a, an ignorant asshole yeah. yeah you know like we can we can cancel you for being <laughs> 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 yeah. and oh. maybe let me tie this into yeah. like how does this then like the, the trust dynamic work with family because oh, come on we know that like Historically and culturally, sometimes families are a little divisive and gossip spreads really quick. And when there's lack of education or just lack of like knowledge base, um, the stigma gets really real. And cheese is like wildfire in families. Yeah. Well, I mean, I especially think, in the Latino culture. Yeah, well, like, I mean, I think because well, if you think about it, right? Like before we even called it cheese man, before we put it a negative connotation on it, like we're storytellers. Like our our culture, our history, our ancestors. Like venimos de like like historians, like people that just like to tell their stories. And because we're also people whose story has been erased for so long yeah. and has been oppressed and manipulated to be told in different ways. Like you know we. We need to come back to that, right? So yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm like, well, when it's a neg- <laughs> when it, when it's in, in a negative connotation, that's what I'm talking about. The yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yes. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. we are storytellers, whether it's music, well, that's what whether I was saying. it's art, whether Somos it's all these things. Girl, let's call it. Let's call it for what it is. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, I mean that's that plays a role in family dynamic, especially when you are disclosing your status or wanting to disclose your status, and so. You know what is that like, or has been like for for you both? Well, I came whether out, it's chosen family or yes, you know, yeah, almost definitely because I came out um, publicly on the social on social media on my on my Facebook or on my Instagram and also on the podcast that I have the the Homo Homie podcast and um, surprisingly my family took it very well and I was very shocked in the fact you know that they were so supportive. I remember my sister one time told me um, a long time ago, she's all like, you better be careful and not get, you know, sick or anything or get any of these diseases for being, you know, gay because it's, it's a hard life out there. I'm just letting you know from friends that I have. I'm like, okay. And that kind of always, like, pushed me back from telling her about my status. Okay. But I finally, when I finally did it on social media, she was so supportive. She's all, you know, little brother, what, what, do you, what do you want me to do? What can I do? What can I do to help you? Are you okay? Is everything all right? So that that trust, I finally gained it from her, and for her doing that to me just 
it showed, you know, like the love I still have for my family. And she's my she's my older half sister. You know, all my older siblings are their half brothers and sisters, and the younger ones are full blood. But just to have the support from my fa- my immediate family is the best thing ever. You know, because I don't feel left out. I don't feel lonely. I feel like I have somewhere I can go. You know, and then with my chosen family, with all my you know my best friends, my really close friends, the same thing. You know, it's another outlet, and I have that support. And that's that's the best thing about coming out with your families is to it really shows who's gonna be there for you and who's not. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing because it sounds like you have two solid like support group systems yeah. for you, and one is your bio family and it's your chosen family. And I think in our experiences, a lot of the times we we navigate that experience a lot, right? Of like our chosen families and our bio families. So thank you for sharing. That. Yeah, and also one more thing. Yeah, I, yes, I also have done it in work too, so my work knows about me. Okay, and I I've always. I made it a point to explain to my bosses and you know management that you know I am HIV positive. So if anything does happen to me, um, you're able to tell you know paramedics or so whatever yeah. that, that you know he's he's HIV positive. He's on medications. He's undetected. So it's also doing that part. And they're like my work. I've been with my work for 19 years. So it's my other family, my yeah. other home. That's so. Amazing. Oh, oh. Uh, for me, trust in the family dynamic. Um, because when I came out, I first came out to my mom, dad, and my brother, uh, all at separate times. Um, but it was a secret between us four. Yeah. So it was a secret that they couldn't tell, you know, any other person in the family. So that's where I feel like um, I, I trust them. We had this, like, secret, you know what I mean? And they, they didn't tell anyone else in the family. Um, you know, like when my mom was volunteering, she had to lie about where she was. If I got medication delivered to the house, you know, she would take it and hide it from me. Um, you know, uh, when, when, I don't know, there was just a lot of, there, I felt like I was able to build more trust than I knew was there because of the situation, because I felt like they didn't, uh, they weren't going to tell any, anyone else. But when I came out after about six years to the rest of my family, um, it, it was also really hard because I didn't know if I could trust them because growing up in these, you know, machismo, you know, households, whatever, you know, yeah, you, yes. you have you have the cousins or you have the, the, the tios or, you know, any straight male in the family who's going to, you know, slap you around, call you a joto, yeah. 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 you, like a maricon, call you a maricon and like yeah. everything, you know. Yes, they're going to make fun of the way you walk, they're going to make fun of you know, when you're dancing to Selena, they're going to make fun of... I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like we were off. You know, like, that, that's where I was like, I can't trust I can't trust these people to come out to because yeah. of the way that we grew up. Yeah. Um, but uh, but to, to my surprise also, the um, I had a very warming and well reception to my family and it actually, um, you know, uh, it, it changed... I think that it changed the way that my family thought maybe they had self-reflection maybe you know I, I i actually saw my my family grow as humans because mm. of um sharing that experience with them i got to see them expand intellectually oh, that's amazing that's amazing and and you, you know it, it's interesting that you bring out that that part of like expand intellectually because i kind of want to take some steps back right and i want to ask y'all like some questions because often we, we, we you know we have perceptions you know I think one of the pieces that we don't talk about as far as like 
HIV or people living with HIV is the prevention piece, right? It's yeah. like a lot of times we put this pressure on like HIV possible to be the one that has to like take their meds, um, you know, use protection, like be on top of all that stuff. To bring it up. To bring it up right yeah to have that conversation and that can be very taxing for folk that can be something you know y'all been very vulnerable and honest and sharing your experiences and stuff so thank you for that you know but but what is what what is what in your opinion or in your in your ideas what are what is like what's the other side of it right like what's the prevention piece for folks who are not positive right like what are those what are those things that you see that kind of you're like all right no like this is like what we need to talk about um i i it's always a two-way street and i and i always want to emphasize that for people like um whenever you know if i'm about to have an interaction with someone or whatever just just when i'm teaching about disclosure um, I always just remind, you know, my clients that like, hey, it's a two-way street. Like, don't always feel pressure to have to disclose. I mean, there's always going to be ethics. There's always going to be morals. There's always going to be a responsibility for the person living with HIV to feel like they have to be the ones to bring the conversation up. But what about the person who's on the other side who is, are, are you taking care of your health at all? Are you worried about your health? Are you going to, are you asking these questions? Like... You know, there is, it's one thing to lie. It's another thing to um, not to not lie and to like bring to not bring something up. Um, but like, am, are you going to ask me? And uh, you know, just just those playing on those dynamics. It's a two way street. It's it's fifty fifty. Um, we're both responsible for you know this interaction that that we're going to have. Um, and and so yeah, so just the responsibility and the onus is not always on the person living uh, with HIV. So, but like like you just said, Carlos, you know, like responsibility. What it comes down to is responsibility at the end of the day. And yeah, people who do not have HIV or you know, like it, it, everyone has to protect themselves at all times, at all costs, because you never know. Somebody, you can ask somebody, oh, you know, like, what, what's your status? Have you gotten checked? You know, my, my health is great. I do that all the time. You know, even before I was positive, I would get tested every three months and making sure I was in the clear. Um, or, you know, when I had conversations with friends and they would tell me, like, oh, I'm going to get in tonight. I'm like, oh, you, all right, get it in, get it in. Just make sure you don't get no herpagonocyphilitis, you know, like yeah. the whole like the whole thing. Just wrap it before you tap it, you know. So get that conversation going to make sure that they're okay, too, and that they're safe. But, you know, it's, it's, it's hard when somebody who doesn't have it, they start thinking like, oh, it's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen to me. Mm. And then sure enough, guess what? Something happens. I mean, that's how I used to think before. Oh, it's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen. Look at, I was protected. The condom broke and it happened. So even though I was protect, using protection, something still happened. But, <clears throat> you know, just have those conversations with with friends and family and making sure that they're getting tested every three months every six months and knowing their status whether you know they're embarrassed to tell somebody or not because if you know your status you have more power in in your body and controlling you know 
you know, who puts things in you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. I get you. You know, and I think, you know, kind of like something that comes up to in this conversation, right? Because we use we use a lot of lingo, we use a lot of things to call it. But I think for the audience or people who are listening, it's also like very important for you to bring you into the conversation and know who you're talking to, right? Because you're not gonna sit there and talk to your homie and all of a sudden go on this academic like discourse about HIV, and, like <laughs> all these things. If you've never had a conversation like that right because you have to think about how that message is going to be receptive and stuff like that because i'm i'm over here thinking about like our you know because we do curriculums for like you know programs and stuff and like we talk about all these things right like the importance of like being in a yeah like i said the importance of like being in a safe space when you're disclosing your status right um another thing i know we've talked about like you equals you and we've talked about prep but i really kind of wanted to um get your y'all's thoughts or perceptions around this whole you equals you movement and and what it means for com- community um especially the latina community because you know yes i want to hear your thoughts on that um <laughs> okay yeah so well when i was first diagnosed um there was no such thing as prep there was no such thing as u equals u so i definitely got to see a little bit I, I got to see the very tail end of like that sort of very stigmatizing like holdover from the 80s and 90s um uh and then i got to see the shift in community when those two things did start to come out i think it was like first prep and um but but when i was first diagnosed my doctor told me, to me what undetectable was explained to me um, was that, I, that I'm that i virally suppressed and that I would have a normal life expectancy. You know, granted I don't go outside and get hit by a car. Um, <laughs> well, um, you know, so that's, that's what undetectable was explained to me as. And then she did have to tell me on the low, she's like, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but um, what we've been observing in our patients is that they're not transmitting the virus to their sexual partners. Um, and so that's, and she's like, I'm not, I'm not even supposed to tell you this. So this was before like the official U equals U announcement. Um, so I didn't really grasp that. I just took it as I can live a normal life. And that's, that's how, always how, that's still how I view undetectable. And then as, as U equals U came out the whole campaign, um, where there were studies that were finalized that if you're virally suppressed, you're undetectable, that you cannot transmit the virus to your sexual partners um, as a fact, um, no matter how hard you try. Um, <laughs> that uh, it, was, it was revolutionary, right? It was revolutionary for people who were going possibly through crim- criminalization for HIV, um, maybe uh, in other countries where the stigma was way worse than we have it here in the States. Um, and uh, in the and the same for prep. When prep started to come out, um, I was a little jaded. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> yeah. uh, because I was I was like, oh, you first you hated people with HIV, and now you're taking my meds. You're 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 uh, what's the word uh, when you uh, steal someone's um, what is that word? Appropriate. Oh, oh <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, colonized? 
I mean, now it's colonizing the the conversation, yeah. but um, but you're you're appropriating like my lifestyle and you're turning it into something cool when it wasn't cool before. Like you you know, it wasn't cool for me to be taking my meds, but it's cool for you to be taking my meds. Oh, so, I never saw it from that perspective. So I was a little jaded in the beginning, but then I I realized like, hey, if there's someone who is actually open to loving me as a person living with HIV. Um, they, that they're able to uh, not only with treatment as prevention of me being virally suppressed but having the extra tool like PrEP um, to be able to you know take that uh, a fear away from from you for for doing that um, uh, for engaging with me but also U equals U is sort of really I'm like torn so many ways about it because obviously it's it's great for the reasons that I just explained but then I was also a little taken back by it because it does separate people from it does separate people who are virally suppressed and who are not virally suppressed mm-hmm. um, and for and that could be for various reasons whether that's treatment access um, whether that's access to education whether it's access to testing whether it's just it, it could have so many reasons uh, why people are not virally suppressed maybe they're um, maybe they have a strain of the virus that is um, resistant to a lot of treatment medication, um, all of these different reasons. So I do feel like it's there's a little bit of classism when it comes to like virally suppressed and not. Also, um, like if I'm on a dating app, I'll put that I'm HIV positive. If you ask me if I'm undetectable, I'll tell you. But I, I just don't like I'm positive either way. If I'm undetectable or not, I'm positive. So I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't need to, you know, I don't know. And plus. I feel like whether you're undetectable or not, um, no matter your viral load status, you still deserve the same amount of love. You shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. shouldn't. You shouldn't be like, oh, they're not detectable, so they're they're not worthy of talking to. They're not worthy of love. Mm-hmm. None of that stuff. So that's why I don't really like to separate myself too much from from the people who are not virally suppressed because we're all in the same situation. We're going through it together. Um, so I mean, I I. I I love the message of you equals you. Um, I, I do uplift that message, but at the same time, I'm always thinking of the people who, who haven't been able to achieve that yet. Well, think about the beauty of that, though. Like, you know, like, don't give up. Don't give up trying to be undetected. I mean, that's the goal. That's the whole rate. That's why we have you equals you. It's for you to continue to try to be undetected. So that way the virus is suppressed and you don't pass it on to others. And you know, from years of research, like we we're part of that research now, and people are are gonna look back and like you know, thanks to you, I'm able to live this normal life. You know, I don't have to hide. I don't. It's a relief. Whew. something just hit me. I just, it really does suck because, you know, like it wasn't it wasn't around back when we got it, and now it's here. And <laughs> not to say that you know I'm. I'm I'm happy to be positive, or I'm not happy to be positive. I'm just happy the fact that I'm well educated enough to just to to not pass it on to others, yeah. you know, to protect others. And and I'm really glad that U equals U is is starting to come up to the forefront to the conversation and showing the fact that these these results are a fact. They are being proven that you cannot pass it on to anybody else. And that doesn't even mean to like just because you can't pass it on doesn't mean to to be reckless either. You know, so uh, if you're listening, just please be aware. Just just be educated and and know your status and and, and know that everything's gonna be okay at the end of the day. You know, because we're still here. We're living proof. And just just to add on to that, like there would be 
prep would not be possible if it wasn't for people living with HIV. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I like to get emotional. Big old girl. No, no, no. How can you not get emotional? Yeah. I mean, these are all breakthroughs and and uh, historical moments of, in time that we lived through. So it's yes. it's emotional to talk about. This this is a safe space for all of us to be emotional. Like take away all those thoughts that Ben had put into us that you're a boy, you can't cry, you can't feel like oh, no, yeah. that's bullshit. Like, you know, and those are all things that we're unlearning too, right? As yeah. a community of like Sabes que si te dan ganas de chillar, ponte a chillar. Like, I had a full-on <laughs> breakdown before I got here this morning. I literally had to pull over and cry because if it was going. But you know what? We need that shit sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's like some shit that just needs to happen and stuff. So, Your feelings are valid. Exactly, you know. And, and, and just and just going about, you know, you equals you. I think we talk about it, you know, like. But it, it's also like don't lose sight of, a, of the opportunity that it is to really be on top of your health. Which beyond anything is what is really important, like your health. It, it, it like it, it, it means that you're like seeing your doctors. It means that you're doing following your treatment. It means that you're you know your 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 harm reduction, right? Like when you're having sex, like you know you're minimizing your risk, you know whatever. And it's you equals you at the core of it is really a call out for everybody, not just HIV positive folks, to be on top of their health. Like look at at this look at this system that people have shown that if they follow if they trust it and if they work with it has shown good results that could be taken into any type of healthcare it could be said about diabetes it could be said about blood pressure it could be said about anything and that's the other piece like we need to normalize these conversations we need to be okay with like calling it what it is right because so many times it gets caught up with like oh it's like it's you know it's it's you equals you. That means that you're HIV positive. El sazon. It's all these different things that like that we call it, but we need to start calling it what it is, yeah. so that we have honest conversations, so that we don't have to feel like shit. Like you know, like even as a person who is negative and works in the field, like the first thing that when people when I started telling people that I was working in the field, it was don't become positive. Like how the fuck do you think that's gonna happen like do you think that because i'm out giving tests or i'm having conversations like that's how that you know that's how i'm gonna get um hiv like so that just talks about like the misinformation yeah and that's another messed up stigma that people need to steer clear from because it's it it harms the community it literally does and it and just because you're working in the field and you're you're you know you're you're negative and you're you know you're not positive um, a lot of people attach that when you when you are, mm-hmm. and yeah. I've seen many friends that go through that. Yeah. It's like oh, because because I, I work in the field, or because I know a couple of people. All of them, all, all of a sudden, it automatically makes me positive, yeah. Yeah. And, and when that's not the case. Yeah, it, it's, and, and, it's you know, ignorance, it, it's stupidity, and it's the lack of education. Yeah, and I, and I mean I don't have an issue with it because it's like if I was or if I wasn't, like what's the problem? Like, yeah. what's, what's the yes, problem? Yes. Well, you have enough and information to still like, continue to take care you know, of yeah, yourself. And, yeah, and, and that was crucial, you know, like, having that knowledge and the information. But it, it's just, like, I think we got to start calling it, like, the theme of that is taking action, right? Yes. And it starts at fucking home, and it starts within our Latina community of, like, let's start calling it what it is. Let's start having honest conversations, respecting people's journey in that space, in that conversation, and, and really just, like, being there for each other in those different ways that we come 
come and I think y'all do that so great right like y'all able to com connect with your own networks like the way that you connect and the way that you take in over your story and stuff so I wanted to thank y'all y'all for really joining us and being here and sharing this space with us and just and just talking about this and I don't know if you have anything else to add no, I mean, I think I think a lot of things that were said today were really impactful. Um, you know, we don't always think about all these different perspectives. Uh, I mean, Carlos, you brought up a very interesting, you know, topic when you said the classism that lives surrounding HIV, whether, you know, you're undetectable or not, and, or how long you've been living with it, or how you even got it. Like, even that plays a, a piece in this classism with HIV. Um, and so I, I think it's important to, to, to discuss these conversations and to have open conversations about what that is, what that means to an individual. Like, and, and when you're talking about like, you know, not everyone has the ability to get to undetectable, right? And it's small things like, fuck, what if I don't even have water to drink to take my pill? Or a place to put my pills because I live on the street. Like we're not, you know, it, it, we're, we're talking about these other these other reasons, but it it's it goes down to the basics. Like maybe I have to take food with my medication, and I don't have a fucking cracker to eat to my name. And these medications are expensive. There's that. We're not even. I don't even touch on that. But when yes. I, when I found out when I went to go get my medication, they're like, what? "How much? How much do I owe? Like what? Because it's it's covered yeah. by Medi-Cal. Thank you, Medi-Cal. Yeah. But yeah. but I was like, oh my god, it's like almost the price of a car. But yeah, yeah. No, no, that's and that's for a bo for a bottle. And that's yeah. the reality. The reality is that like, you know, there are a lot of challenges and barriers that are put into like living with any disease, whether it's you know, like you said, of diabetes or high cholesterol or, mm -hmm. or HIV or whatever it is. But um, you know, a lot of people have been really blessed to be able to access services that have like you said medical to yeah. be able to pay for these things ryan white a lot of the grants that we are funded by here yeah. on you and i um to kind of service but again it also comes back down to like how accessible are they for everyone for everyone thanks ultimate yeah. <laughs> oh i just wanted to touch on something that you said really quick joaquin you said that it starts at home it starts in the family um i do think that is very true because uh, for for me anyway, I don't know what y'all's experience is, but I don't know much about um, and, I'll, and I'll make it quick. I don't know much about my family beyond uh, my current grandparents. You know, um, it's it's almost like life started with them, uh, mm -hmm. so we don't get to know you know our our history um, very much. But uh, I know that because of that, like I am the placeholder in my family for future generations. Where like, has there ever been anyone? who's queer, who's living with HIV in our family, like that's gonna be traced back to me. Yeah. And it, and my openness and, and with my family um, is gonna allow for, for that to, to be passed on to other generations. And, and hopefully that'll, that'll change. And um, like I talked before about being able to see uh, my family change their, their viewpoints and, and um, just the way that they think and how they're so loving and supportive now. Like, I just did a, a documentary earlier this year for the 40th anniversary of the discovery of HIV AIDS on Vice called The Neglected Pandemic on YouTube. Um, Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so for me to be able to put that in our family WhatsApp group chat and have everyone watch it and, like, come back and, and tell me how much, they, you know, they're proud of me and, and um, to have my family, because I've been living away from them for since 2015, for about six years now and for them to just be so proud of like the work that i do and all of that stuff um lets me know that my family isn't in the same place that we were in the 90s we've evolved mm -hmm. yeah we've grown yes. and i know that that's not everyone's familial experience i know that a lot of people could be ostracized for being queer for being positive 
Um, uh, and so I, I know that that's not everyone's experience, but it really does start at home, starts in the family, and, and that's where those smaller changes can ripple out into like bigger effects. We might not be able to change things you know, um, structurally in, 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 the, in the HIV uh, service delivery world, um, but we can, we can start with, with how our community views us. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just challenge that a little bit, Carlos, yes. and I say that we can change we can. structurally yes. because I think you're a perfect example of someone who works in community um, and at the forefront really thinks about community's well-being, but also like thinks about your well-being and you're a perfect example of someone who is living with HIV, works in the field and takes the opportunity, put makes opportunity happens for himself by being part of the commission, by being part of all these like things like the Gran Barones and all these things that really help you be a, a great role model, I think, you know, in my opinion. For people, not just people living with HIV, but for young queer men, and and and, and embracing what's ours, which is storytelling, and putting it out there and putting it in your best way. So yeah, like keep doing it, both of you. Thank you. The same with you, Eric. You know, with your podcast, and you know, you also recently did um, a video. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that experience. Uh, your um. That segment that you released recently. Oh, my health agenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So I've been blessed to be working with the LA TV network. Um, they're they are just amazing. Uh, Enrique Sapene from the Q Agenda is a, a great friend that I've um, connected with, uh, thanks to my co-host Jose Resendez. Um, and they are starting a new segment called My Health Agenda, and it's just based on different stories within the community, whether. Whether you know you're positive or not, a transgender um, or a, you're they're a doctor, so it's just basically educating the Latinx community, the queer community, and, and starting that conversation like we're doing here, right here, right now, and that's the beauty of it. And I, and I'm really, really grateful. Uh, a big shout out to uh, also Natalia. You know, um, the the cast and crew of My Health Agenda was just completely amazing, loving, accepting, and it was just a positive environment. And, um, you know, just check it out, latvnetwork.com. And uh, you'll see my episodes along with others there as well, so. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Any last thoughts before we get out of here that y'all want to just shout out to people listening to us? Um, uh, no, just um, a really another quick thought about what NLAD means to me is that NLAD, you know, um, just being born in this world, uh, a, a brown person, we're already stacked up with so many of these dis dis disparities or whatever you want to call it, um, and which puts us puts us into a statistical range, you know, whatever they say. I, I don't uh, I don't know the updated statistic, but the last time uh, that I remember hearing it was that like one in four queer Latino men um, are going to be diagnosed with HIV. That's correct. Yeah. So just being born and being true to your identity sets you up for that. Um, is is something that's that's kind of hard to 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 swallow. But Eric and I are are, are living that life, and so many other people are living that life, and so you know. Be kind to us <laughs> and understand us too. Don't, don't you know? Just, just give us that grace and and realize that you could have been that one in four and realize how you can support us and all the other people and make change. Like, like let's forget all of the the, the shame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, just take time to listen. Listen to your friends. Listen to your peers. Listen to you know and and ask questions of 
how you can help, how you can be a service, what can you do, um, and also, you know, just if you're HIV positive, uh, just because you have it, it doesn't have you, no. you know, that's, that's the model that I go by a lot, just because I have it, it's not going to have me, I'm going to keep living my life, I'm going to keep moving forward, and being good or being good at it, you know, as I do yes. best. And, uh, you know, thank you guys for also doing the groundwork, like literally inside within it. So yes. making those changes for the better and for the, for the greater good, you know, because now we're not, min we're not minorities because that's long in the past. We're yes. now, you know, we're just a marginalized community. Yeah. So uh, we, we got to make sure that we educate our community and empower them with those tools like we're doing now. So that way in the future, it's, it's the, the, the rate of how HIV has grown has diminished. Yeah. I, I think y'all are iconic. <laughs> um, no, when I when I think of the the three of you, I'm just I like you're you're well recognized in the community. You're doing work. You're um, you're you're well liked. You have great personalities. Like no 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 like um, I'm like really honored to be a part of this. Come on now, that's like honorary. Uh, honorary. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Chosen family Ron Hopkins. Yeah. There you go. But no, but no. Wrap it up. Yeah, okay. Well, Well, I just want to thank both of you for sharing space with us and sharing time and being so honest and vulnerable with us, you know, and, and, and really like helping us, you know, um, share this message with our community and just happen, having open and honest conversations. I think that this is really what it's been about for us in, in doing this podcast. It's about highlighting all of us and working together and just, you know, being collaborative as much as we can. And, and, and I really appreciate that. So thank y'all. So everyone, it's uh, three brown hopes. Well, today it's two. We miss you, Charlie. <laughs> Come back. But we love that you're in school and keep doing it because we need more brown queer excellence in the academia exactly. world. Exactly. Si se puede. Si se puede, se pudo y se seguirá pudiendo. Three Brown Hotels out. Deuces. Bye, everyone. We love y'all. Take care. And thank you, everyone, that supported <laughs> our special edition series of NLAB episodes. All the local agencies here in Los Angeles. All our homies. And we love y'all. Thank y'all. Have a great one. See y'all soon. Season 2 coming up. Al rato.